to Tales and Travels at the Emerald Public Library. I'm your host and intergenerational programmer, Michelle. All summer, I'll be taking you around the world as we visit nine different countries. Each week, we will hear a traditional tale from a new country and learn a little bit about where that tale comes from. For pictures, puzzles, or to follow along, you can download our companion booklet or visit the library for a copy to take home. Simbi at home to ask if they could marry her. Simbi turned down each one. She would work in the fields for long hours just to avoid all of these men. Whenever visitors came by, they were greeted by Simbi's half-sister, Nakatumba. Now, Nakatumba had a problem with her spine and was always in pain. Because of this, she could not work in the fields. She did some of the work in the house, and her sisters hated this. They did not think that it was fair. She did not have to work in the fields. But despite their resentment, Nakatumba remained kind-hearted. And each time Simbi's visitors would drop by, Nakatumba greeted them warmly and ran out to pass a message on to Simbi in the form of a song. A song. But like this, Simbi, Simbi, visitors are at home. Ah, the nagging grumbler, I do not know where they have come from. And Simbi would always reply, also in song, My dear girl, my dear girl, Nakatumba, tell them to go back to their homes. Ah, the nagging grumbler, I do not know where they have come from. Sometimes, Simbi would make some time to talk to the men, but most of the time, she just ignored them. She would work in the fields until someone told her that they were gone. And this went on for a long time. Until one day, when this all changed, three men came to visit. Nakitumba welcomed them as usual. She sang the same message, and Simbi came home. This time, Simbi was impressed with the visitors. She thought they were very attractive and kept pretty good conversation, so Simbi provided them with a very warm welcome, which was unusual for her. She made sure they were entertained. She would smile at them, and every time they returned, it was the same. Nakajimba, who never took her eyes off of them, even when they were eating, saw that these men had some very strange habits. She noticed that they ate in a weird way. They would open their mouths wide 
had swallowed everything. Yes, even the plate. When they realized that Nakatungo was watching, they would look at each other, then quickly regurgitate their utensils right back up. How Sumi did not notice. I'm not sure. She must have been blinded by their beauty. Now, visitors, as we said, kept coming back. Each time they returned, Nakatumba watched them. Each time she noted his strange way of eating. Themis never changed, even after Sumi became engaged to one of the men. Snaritumba coined a song just to make fun of them. And it went like this. Simbi, Simbi, Mujik, genuine suitors, and fall for ogres. The nagging grumble. I do not know where they have come from. Simbi was very upset. She got angry with her sister. Why do you act like this? She huffed. Sister, Nakatumba replied. Don't you have eyes with which you can see? Simbi stared at Nakatumba with angry eyes and said, See what, your hunchback? Nakatumba did not feel offended. She was used to people making fun of her like this. I have no grudge with you, she said. Since you are my sister, I must say something. These boys are acting very strange. She told her the strange eating habits. And then she stressed, I love you, sister. I do not say this for no reason. But remember, even the cleverest person cannot shave his own head. Simbi felt that Nakatumba was mocking her. So she became even more angry and yelled at her sister. It's because of your deformity that you cannot stop being jealous of my boyfriends. Am I the one who made you ugly? Ugh, I hate you. Nakatumba did not answer. In fact, she did not speak to Simbi again that day. She waited anxiously for the day when Simbi would marry an ogre. At last, the day came. Bridesmaids were chosen to escort Simbi to her new home. Simbi chose four girls. She did not include her sister. She said that she was too ugly, so ugly, that if she accompanied the bridal party, the groom would be upset. So Nakatumba was ordered to stay home, and the rest of the party was seated. Nakatumba waited until they had turned a corner, and she followed, sneakily. If anyone turned to look back, she would duck away. Eventually, Simbi noticed her before she ducked. Simbi rushed back and ordered Nakatumba to return home. Then she stood and watched to make sure she actually went home. She explained that due to Nakatumba's disability, she was not capable of making such a long journey. If she came along, it would mean that someone would have to carry her part of the way. The bridal party crossed a river and soon arrived at Simbi's new home. When night came, they were singing merrily and in a festive mood. Then Nakatumba popped into the house. So, Simbi had said the groom would not want to see her. But this was the exact opposite of what happened. When Simbi tried to mistreat her, her fiancé intervened compassionately. He 
He would tell her that her presence was a joy for him. He pointed out that it reminded him of the times when he would try to visit the farm and find no one at home. Let this sister-in-law of mine enjoy the fruits of her kind heart, he said. During the night, when everybody was sleeping, Sylvia's fiancé and his companions turned into ogres. Suddenly, the room glowed red. The ogres growled. Sparks of fire darted from their big mouths, and they prepared to eat the girls. Whimpered Nakashimba, all the while, she had not closed her eyes. She sensed danger all the time. She seemed to have a sixth sense, and this had prompted her to follow the bridal party against her half-sister's wishes. She had noticed everything. She was very smart, so her whimpering was intentional. It was meant to bring attention to herself and draw away from the other girls. What is it, little sister? Are you ill or something? asked Cindy's husband as the whole place returned to a normal color. What can I do for you? Oh, I am ill. I need some water to drink. She replied, the ogre said, Which water, little sister? I water from a pot, said Nakatuma. Bring it in a bottle. Nakatuma's distractions and requests caused the ogre to change back into his human form. And the rest of the night was uneventful. When the girls woke up in the morning, everything was normal. But during the day, and the Tumba told the girls of the strange things that happened overnight. Two of the four girls were concerned, but Simbi and the others just dismissed it. When night came again, the two girls, who believed Nakatumba, pretended to fall asleep so that they could help keep watch. The ogres, once again, tried to seize the opportunity. Nakatumba pretended to be sick again. This time, she asked Simbi's husband to fetch water from the well. In the morning, the two girls, who had also witnessed this strange behavior, relayed the information to their friends. They blamed each other for having misjudged Nakatumba's warnings, and it was decided that a passerby would be given a message to take home so that everyone would know the bridal party was in grave danger. It would be reported that Simbi's new husband and his friends were ogres. When the news reached home, people lost hope of ever seeing the girls alive again. The ogres returned from hunting and found the girls looking cheerful, so the ogres did not suspect that there was anything that had changed. An evening meal was prepared. Everyone ate. The ogres joked with the girls. They made a subtle reference to Nakajima's great thirst for water. As they continued poking fun and teasing Nakajima, each of the girls drifted off to sleep. Or so the ogres thought. The ogres transformed into their true shape and made another attempt to eat the girls. Suddenly, 
The whole house glowed red as the ogres opened their mouths. I could have groaned and whimpered in before. This time, she asked for seawater. The ogres asked her, In what container should we carry it, little sister? She said, A wicker basket. The sea was many miles away. It would take the ogres a whole night of walking to fetch this water. And the wicker basket was also used as a birdcage for keeping birds. It would not hold water. This task was impossible. The foolish ogres made for the sea with the wicker basket. They kept on dipping it in the water, but each time they lifted it out, it was empty. After many attempts, they gave up and began to shout. Wait until I get home, shouted one. I'll chew on her until there is nothing left. To avoid ending in complete failure, one of the ogres suggested that they cover the base of the basket with clay. The trick worked. They managed to save a little water. Girls took off soon after the ogres had left for the sea. Before leaving, they cut banana stems and covered them in the beds to make it look like they were still sleeping. It worked. When the ogres got back, they mistook the banana stems for the girls. Nagatumba, however, had not left the house. Instead, she changed herself into a small grasshopper. The girls walked for a long time. Unfortunately, the river they crossed had flooded, and there was no way to cross now. They almost made up their minds to return to the ogre's house and apologize, but they could not deal with another night of this. They weren't sure they would survive, and in this moment of despair, a gigantic frog hopped toward them and asked why they looked so unhappy. The girl said, Running away from ogres, this flooded river means we can't get home. You children, the frog said, I will protect you. I will take each one of you in my mouth and carry you all to your respective homes. Don't worry, I can cross the river. The frog called the girls one by one and held them in her mouth. She asked them whether there was anyone else left behind, and they told the frog that one more girl would join them shortly. The ogres were so angry so they could not conceal their teeth when they entered the house with the seawater in the wicker basket. They thought the rest of the girls were sleeping and immediately tried to attack Nakatumba. Where are you? You've given enough trouble to us. Now, so get it and get your precious water. Nakatumba was still a grasshopper. She said, I'm here at the fireplace. One ogre responded, but I can't see you. Then she said, but I can see your ugly teeth perfectly. The ogre had enough. He picked up a giant stick and headed towards the fireplace. Where are you? he shouted. I'm still at the fireplace, said Nakatumba, pretending to be afraid. The ogre lunged with the stick, hoping to hit her, but no one was there. He asked again, with more anger, where are you? 
firewood rack, came the voice of Nakatumba, the ogre hit the firewood rack as hard as he could, but he missed. All that he could see was a small grasshopper, so he asked again, where are you? This time, Nakatumba responded that she was in the picture. The ogre smacked the picture, and the water spilled everywhere. The rest of the ogres began to rampage as well. They opened their mouths wide, causing a red glow to fill the entire house again. They turned to go after the sleeping girls, but instead, they discovered banana leaves. They'd been fooled. They growled. Nakatumba taunted them, saying, I'm only a grasshopper. It's for the other girls. You'll never set your hungry eyes on them again. You're a bunch of foolish ogres. You'll never catch me. Then she flew and disappeared in the dark of night. When she got to the river, a giant frog gobbled her, and the frog ate some soil and some worms. The ogres tore apart the house. They tore apart the surrounding areas. They hoped to find the girls hiding somewhere, but they found nothing. The ogre, who was supposed to be Cindy's husband, took a hunting lasso and set out on the trail. He threw the lasso in all directions. He caught something on his first throw and ran to where the rope got stuck. All that was there was a tree stump. He tried again. This time, he caught a rock, but he would not give up. He tried yet again. This time, he caught someone. He ran to see who it was, and when he got there, he screamed in horror. Because there in the rope was a giant frog. You miserable frog, you look like you've done some mischief. Where are my girls? Ribbit, ribbit, said the frog. How can a poor old frog like me know what's happening among people like you? You're lying, said the ogre. Look at your large stomach. What are you carrying in there? I cannot believe you until you throw up everything you ate today. So the frog vomited up the soil and worms. He had eaten after Nakatumba. The ogre frowned and said, You dirty frog, I don't want to see that again. The ogre returned home, thoroughly annoyed. He cursed Nakatumba the whole way home. Meanwhile, the frog embarked on the long journey to the girl's home. They waded across the river. She kept hopping until she finally arrived. It was nearly sunset, and they finally reached the first home. The frog tried to enter the house, but was chased away. And this happened over and over. The frog found herself unwanted in the homes of the girls. They were hungry, cold, and lonely. Surely, this was not the way strangers were treated. This world must be ungrateful. She stood outside, shivering. The frog decided to try one last house. A fire was burning behind the closed door. The frog knocked and waited. No sounds or movement came from inside. Then the door opened, and a kind voice said, Mim, old one, the night is too cold for anyone to be outside. She was a child-free woman, who was then, for the rest of the community, despised. The frog hopped into the house and sat at the fireside to warm herself. What can I do for you? said the woman. 
I've traveled all day and all night, replied the frog. I'm cold and hungry. I've traveled a long way and need shelter for the night. I'm so tired. And then washed the frog. Then she served food, and they sat together by the fireside. The frog appreciated this kindness and told her the whole truth about the journey. The woman got excited and ran out to tell the villagers in a nearby house. Soon, her house was filled with anxious mothers and relatives of the lost girls. Everyone was crying with joy. Arrangements were made to formally welcome the frog home, according to customs. It was a great feast. The frog vomited out each of the girls, first Narcatumba, and then the others. And at last, Simi, the bride of the ogre. For the child-free woman became loved in the village, Simi and the other girls considered her their godmother for the rest of their lives. The giant frog was never again mistreated or chased out of homes. It is often left to stay in the house it has entered for as long as it chooses until it hops out of its own court. Even today, many people in Kenya believe they need to treat frogs with respect when you visit your home. I hope you visit Kenya with many fairy landscapes, many of which are home to frogs that are much smaller than the giant one in this story. I hope you enjoyed the tale of Nakatumba. Join me next week as we travel to Ukraine for another 